You're listening to the Ball Talk Podcast with me, Ryan Bailey. This podcast is sponsored by Adapt Athletic Performance and Therapy. Head over to Instagram and give them a follow at Adapt underscore Clinic. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, this is episode number 36 of the podcast. As we were only saying there yesterday, the only other podcast that I've had more than one guest on was with the three books left. Um, of course, they got their fame with the Hardy books, and I got three Hardy books with me here today as well. I got Michael Miles beside me on the screen here, former Mayo senior footballer, and of course, Michael, you were involved with the Leitrim footballers a couple of years ago as well. Paul Ranahan, former Limerick senior footballer too, and the voice of Donegal GA and Ocean FM, Paddy McGill. Lads, thanks for for joining me. Cheers, mate. Father, thanks, Ryan. Ian. We'll dive straight in. We'll go to Leinster first, of course, we're previewing the championship now. We'll go to Leinster first, and... Pa, I'll come to you first, Pa. Of course, Wexford played Limerick only a couple of weeks ago. Wexford played Wicklow this weekend. Wicklow won the game last week and they're, they're promoted now with, along with Limerick as well. Um, for watching, I assume, did you watch Wexford and, Wick, or Wexford and Limerick there a couple of weeks ago? You did? Yeah, I watched it. Like, um, I watched it on that Jago, which is, was brilliant. But I was, I was kind of shocked, really, how quickly they started, given you, you hear about all these COVID cases they had and the journey that they travelled down from Wexford on the day. Like, and... It was um, Jane Roach's first game, I think, with them. Um, but they were very impressive the first half. Like, the way they carried the ball, the speed, they got up the field. Now, Limerick were disappointed to start with, but they were well-deserving of their eight-point lead at half-time. Like, they were really impressive. Uh, Torbert inside full forward line. Ben Brazen, of course, he's playing a long time now. Like, he was, he was leading the line there as well. And Dahi Waters midfield was winning serious ball. Like, so, and they were getting behind the ball as well. Like, so... They were really impressive the day I saw them. No, and I, I was kind of I'd seen the Wicklow play Entrum as well, and and Diego, and I was I was wondering who would come out on top in that one. Um, but looking at the highlights in the Sunday game, like Wicklow looked full value for money with theirs. They seem to have hit the ground running since coming back. Hmm. And Wex, Wexford and Wicklow as well, two Division Four teams. Michael, you might have seen them earlier on the year. I'm not sure, but you would have followed anyways playing against Sligo. Um, that could be a game. It could be a hidden gem, I suppose. This weekend there'll be a bit of. Wexford will want to get one back over on Wicklow as well, and and with a new Wexford management, they'll want to they'll want to hit, get a, get a decent start in their first year too. Yeah, Wicklow seemed to have um, to have upped the ante over the last year or two. Um, when I left, when I was coaching Division Four, I was just leaving Wicklow on kind of a, a downturn. They were kind of in no man's land, if you if you could say really. But they seem to have, especially since they've come back from the break, they seem to have upped the ante a good bit. It's going to be a very close game. There's going to be very, very little between it. Like, but as 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 Pat said, there's got some very good footballers on both sides, so it'll be it'll be an interesting game with very little at the end. I'd say. I know. Look, we're going to breeze past Leinster, as I said, because there's only a few games there, and none of us are actually from Leinster either. We've got Offaly and Carlow too. Carlow obviously would have played um, would have played both Limerick and Sligo this year in uh, in Division Four. Awfully under John Mahan. Michael, you played under John Mahan. Um, they'll be going in, and you would have been in the situation yourself, going in, playing a team in championship that is a division below you. What will John be doing as a manager? I'm sure his ways haven't changed that much over the years. What will he be doing as a manager to keep, keep the players' heads level going into a, a game against the Leicester opposition? John's the sort of manager that you go into and you just, you know, you give everything for him because you don't want to disappoint him. He's that sort of manager. You know, he, he asks for everything and you give everything because that's kind of the culture he builds around the team. As far as I'm aware, that, that game is in Carlo, is it? Is it in Carlo, that game? 
I'll just check now. I'm not 100%. Um, I, I, just, I just know from traveling to Carlo twice, it's a very difficult venue. Like, even when you come out of the dress rooms, it's like a dungeon when you're going through. Yeah, between, in, uh, O'Connor, like, O'Connor Park, uh, Michael. Oh, it's in Tullamore. It's in Tullamore. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that, that'll help awfully because Carlo is a very difficult place to go. Uh, they have a style of play that is still there from the previous manager, and it's very hard to break down. Um, but I think being in O'Connor park will definitely help uh, john is just that sort of manager that goes in and he, he commands respect the minute he goes into a dressing room and you know if players don't buy into it they're left to one side and the team still seems to get he gets the best out of teams i know he's jared o'malley in with them he had him last year anyway as a selector uh, jared would have played with cross line as well mm. so the two of them are very well met and get on with each other and that kind of transforms onto the team but from what i seen of offley last year they were very impressive but the the players that he had he just kept making progression with them but Carlo is a, is, is a stumbling block. It can be. And we saw it two weeks ago as well when Sligo went down. Paul Broderick kicked the lights out in that game. I'm not sure if you saw Michael or not, but he'll mm-hmm. be definitely, definitely a player that often you're going to have to keep an eye on. Paddy, I know you're mainly covering Division 1 football and keeping an eye on that, but there's a situation. Um, of course, Donegal and Tyrone playing this weekend. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But with COVID cases and stuff like that, we saw... Um, Yesterday, I think it was, it came out Tyrone got a second positive case. There was a positive case in the Donegal team. Loud the Longford play this weekend in Leinster. Um, Longford threw the game last week against Cork. Do you think that's going to have an effect, a negative effect on the team, the fact that they have, they've gone a week without a game, or will it benefit them getting a bit of a rest? To be honest, I think at this stage, uh, luck will come to it later on, whether it's Mayo, Tyrone, or Donegal carry at the weekend. I don't think we can read a huge amount into games that are week to week. So I actually think that the extra week, and Michael will know from having been immersed in so many camps down the years, I think that extra week this time of year will actually might benefit them. And look, it is a bit of a hindrance, as you said. We had the whole fiasco in Donegal with the county final and you know positive cases. And look, there's obviously word coming out of Tyrone as well. But Believe it or not, we talk about this new normal. I actually think the county squads are are almost being accustomed to it at this stage, uh, you know, since they've returned to play. So I think that extra week will actually benefit, um, would benefit any team. I think that game's in Cusick Park, isn't it, between um, Louth and Longford? Uh, it's going to be a very, very yeah. tough one. There's a lot of messing as well with Longford couple over the last couple of months, but I just have a feeling they're a good enough championship team. I know it's a little bit of a cliche, but I just fancy Longford to get over the line in that one. Mm. And I think definitely that extra week, because the week to week is very, very tough. And I know players and that like getting out, but that extra week could be could be very beneficial as well. Yeah. And as we know, Loud going into the last game, Loud were relegated, mm. down were promoted before they even kicked the ball. But at the same time, Pat, Loud went up and bet down. So they did get relegated, but they do have a bit of momentum going into the game against Longford as well. Yeah, look, I think we've all been in a situation where you just can't buy a win. You've been in that rush and you just can't get a result for yourself. So like, I know it meant nothing in the general standing of the league table and where they were going to finish up and, and for next year, but like, just being in that position, a win is a win, like, especially when you're going into a championship match so soon afterwards. If you're going into that and you haven't won a match for six, seven, eight months and you're being told and talked about it like it's definitely going to be talked about in the dressing room by like they'll try and avoid it but now they've got that little bounce of a win and they're heading in 
against the Longford team, who like I suppose outside of Dublin, none of the teams in Leinster really are gonna be worried about anyone else. Like so, and so I would say off the back of it, I like beating down is no small thing. I know they don't maybe have their panel playing the same day, but it's still a win on the on the on the board against a down team who are going places. So like it's definitely it's, it was definitely a big thing for them. Well, look, they're all three tough games to call, in fairness, where in, in the Leinster Championship this weekend. We'll move away from Leinster, though, and towards Munster. Pal, come back to you. Limerick getting promoted, of course, the Vets Sligo at the weekend. Not a great sight for us in Sligo. Michael, you watched the game too. Um, Ian Corbett is, uh, has, has had an outstanding weekend, uh, and I'm sure Watford are going to have to keep an eye on him next week too. Yeah, Ian's Ian's name is kind of the one that's kind of getting out around the country. Even he um, last year's uh, performance against Tipperary in the Munster Championship, kind of, and he got the Player of the Week for that week. So it was a massive thing for for Limerick to have someone in that in that category. Um, so he's kind of and Tomas O'Shea gave him a, a shining a shining reference there on Sunday and again on his Twitter feed. So like Ian Ian has been solid for years. Like I played with Ian. Um, 2013, 2012, like so, he's coming a long while. He's the leader of the team. Um, that was a massive, a massive thing for Limerick to get out of Division Four. They did four years there. Um, look, we all know that it's a struggle down there. People might say, look, if you're good enough, you should be getting out of there. It's never that easy. You're playing away matches against Longford. You're going up to Sligo. Like every away match is so tough, especially in the current environment where you're not able to do the things you would have normally done. So, like I was pretty worried as a supporter of the Leds and after last week's performance against Wexford, where it was in your hands, win your home match against Wexford, and that's the job done. And I know Billy Lee, the manager, said it afterwards. There was a cloud over the lads for the week, and himself in particular, about the performance. And I was fairly worried going up to Sligo, but I have to say the performance that you produced on the day was exceptional. Like, um, from the very off, they just seemed to find loads of space in the in the Sligo half. And they were willing runners. Like, I'd say this about the lads, that like Adrian O'Brien's gone in there as SNC coach the last two or three years, and you're beginning to see a bit of benefit of what he's doing. Like there's, there's a lot of powerful runners, a lot of fast guys in the team and they were cutting through Sligo at ease pretty much on last Sunday. Now maybe Sligo were looking at it a bit different because I know for a fact that Waterford are, are a completely different setup. Like Benji Whelan, he sets up men behind the ball. Like, so it'll be an interesting game on, on Saturday and having played Waterford and beaten them twice already this year, like down there, the boys will know how to do it, but It'll be very. It's it's hard beat a team twice in the same season. Not to buy in three times, so um, it'll be a tough battle on Saturday. Michael, you're nodding the head there as well. Of course, I know you watched the Sligo Limerick game. Um, probably looking back on it, Sligo might have thought they should have put a man in there between the full back and half back line to stop them runs from Ian Corbett and from Tracy in midfield as well. Do you think Waterford are going to have a plan? I'm sure they have a plan in place to try and stop the two lads if they can stop them. Just on Limerick, first of all, I just have to commend Billy Lee because. Just when they went down to Division 4, first of all, we played them away and they brought us down. They must have extended the border straight into Cork because we, we travelled down very far that morning down to the guts of the bottom end of Limerick. Um, but they, we, they got away with a point or two win that day and we played them the next year in Carrigan and we bet them well. But since then, there seems to be progression every year with Limerick and I was very impressed with them on Sunday in the Sligo game. As Pa said, they're off the ball running and they work great for each other. The two strong lads in the middle um, Sligo just didn't seem to deal with that at all. They didn't seem, they seemed to attack at will, lose the ball and attack, and then get ca- ca- caught on the counter. 
Um, the one thing I would say about Waterford is they're very Jekyll and Hyde. Like you could, you could play them twice and, and beat them well and they'll come out in championship and they're always worth an outside bet in championship because they always seem to have one big performance in them in the year. And that's the only thing I'd be worried about if it was, if it was coming from the Limerick camp. They always, especially in Dungarvan, they just have, they have that something a little bit extra. And if you get the price for them at the weekend, I'm sure there'll be long odds to beat Limerick, but um, it might be a good bet. Yeah, sure, look, they came up to Sligo and I went down to the game myself that was what, February, March, and Waterford came back with, I think, two goals in the last 10 minutes to win the game. But at the same time, given Limerick's form, they're proud, they will be the favourites for sure going into that one. You're two of your neighbouring counties, Pat, Tipperary and Clare. It was only five years ago, Tipperary were in a semi-final against Mayo in yeah. the All-Ireland semi-final. Now, like last week, down fighting relegation, it was a do-or-die situation against Leitrim. What's happened down there? Has is, is, is Harlan just completely taken over? Uh, well, like they've taken one or two players, all right, um, off the, gone to the hurling. Um, but I'd say at the, at the minute, at this very minute, they're probably in a stronger position than they were at the start of the year. They've gotten one or two lads back that they didn't have. Um, they were, I suppose they're heading up to Leitrim last week. It's, it was, I was reading about David Power, like he said, it was, didn't matter about performance. We're getting the result was the big thing because like, they, they were very unlucky last year, to be fair, to come down from Division 2. Uh, it was funny enough because themselves and Clare met the last day in Division 2 and it was winner take all and it was an absolute classic of a game in Turles. Um, a real high scoring affair and Clare won by one point. And what I will say about Clare, having seen them like they are that team the last few years, that any time it's been close, close matches, they seem to be the ones that have, have come out on top. Like So while it was only a point win, like they have form for it. And if, if you're looking at both teams, from my point of view, like Clare are a serious outfit now like people still kind of look at them as kind of a team that are overachieving but like they've been in division two for three years now i watched their match against armada on sunday and look they lot it was level with about four minutes left and the reality was if claire had won that match they were getting promoted to division one now maybe that would have been a bit overachievement but like that's the level that they're operating at now they've got gary brennan back who wasn't there at the start of the year jamie malone aaron fitz podge collins is after leaving the hurling to play football so, like, if ever coming from a county like Limerick, anytime you see something like that happening, like, I know his father's over the team, so that probably he's probably getting in the ear every week when you're joining us. But, like, positive signs for Clare, like, definitely. And now I will say it's a big advantage for Tip not having to travel to Cusick Park because that place is such a hard place to get a result in. Uh, a turtle suits them much better. So I do think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I don't know what the overscore is in points, but with the forwards that'll be on show on Sunday, I think it'll be very high-scoring. Like to come in there and you know, just to reference what Pa was saying there a few minutes ago, Donegal played Clare in a league game last year. Donegal were in Division Two, and I was at it. And just their top four or five players would walk on, I would say, 30, 30, 31 counties in Ireland. And they give Donegal huge trouble. And I know Michael will, you know, remember they give Mayo huge trouble a couple of years ago in the qualifiers at home as well. And you know, Owen Cleary, Keelan Sexton, for me, Gary Brennan's in the top three, four midfielders in the country, Jamie Malone, they're probably missing, they're that between the top teams in that middle section, they're somewhere in between, and they're, Tomas O'Shea used to always reference them as, you had to put their foot on them, because they will eventually gain momentum, and I know there's loads of strong clubs in West Clare, but I think those top four or five players they have are absolutely fantastic, the problem probably is, Ryan, Ryan rather, they're probably... They're, they're weak enough at the back and they're susceptible when teams start running at them but they're very very formidable side and to be honest they're, they're, they're 6-4 this weekend which I'm really really surprised at. I, I, I fancy Claire to actually go on and win this game you know 
they were an established Division Two team for so many years, and the lads will say that's that's such a big thing as well. And I, I just think they're a very very good side, and I, I think they'll win this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one myself, and I'm sure Pa, you know of the Clare full forward Joe McGann. I played with him myself in the Freshers uh, two years ago. There's a goal in that fella, definitely. He scored a goal against Fermanagh last week, so there could be a goal in him against Tipperary. Probably of the games that we've seen so far, look, at the, the, the Leinster games are going to be tight, but Tip Clare is going to be tight as well. If you, could you all call us? What do you reckon? I'd say Clare, maybe. Yeah, I'd have to go for Clare, just given where they have been the last few years and the players they have back, definitely, yeah. Yeah, Clare Paddy, you're yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Up north, we'll go to Ulster and a team that, of course, Armagh, of course, bet Clare last year. A lot of people liking the look of Armagh, although they were beaten by Roscommon. People are liking the look of them this year. They're playing Derry this weekend. Paddy, Donegal and Tyrone, of course, is one side the draw. Man and Cavan there as well. But Armagh could be a dark horse to get into an Ulster final. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Armagh live in the last couple of years. Listen, they're Jekyll and Hyde, and listen, they've been on a nice run themselves. Some fantastic forwards, it has to be said. And listen, it's taken Kieran McGinney has got a lot of flack in the Orchard County. You know, went a couple of years without a championship win. Themselves in Derry this weekend. In the last, I think, five years, they've only two championship wins between, between them. The early nods, late 90s, this would have been a huge, huge game. But Armagh have that little bit of nice momentum, if you want. They've Jamie Clark back now. They're fantastic. Going forward, they've Rian O'Neill, Oshin O'Neill, um, you know, nephew of uh, the great Oshin McConville. They're very, very good going forward. They're decent around the middle third. They actually, despite what some people would say in the media, they actually play very nice football. Now, they've kind of, I think, adapted that cross McGlen approach because for, for, for many, many years, while cross McGlen were very successful and they had two, three brilliant players in that RMA team, they didn't actually, they probably should have had six or seven. So listen, it's very Cross McGlen influence and in how they're coached. Uh, I'm led to believe that everybody's really, really happy with Geezer up there, but their big problem is at the back. And listen, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and listen, we'll come to Donegal in a minute. That, that's kind of been labelled at them as well since they've had this, if you like, evolution in the last couple of years. The problem is at the back, they, they can dominate games in terms of possession, they can dominate most sectors of the pitch, and then they just switch off at times and they give away silly goals. We've seen what happened to them with Roscommon in that. And to be honest with you, I think this is a very dangerous game for them. Derry, nobody has given Derry a chance this mm. weekend at all. Derry didn't get promoted. They have a guy called uh, Connor Glassback, who, you know, all the talk in the last couple of months has been about Connor McKenna, and rightfully so. I've seen him like two weeks ago. The man's going to be ridiculous, in my opinion. But Glass is one of the best underage players in the country in the last 20 years as a minor, you know, you look at Beano McDonald, you look at David Clifford, this guy's, this guy was absolutely outstanding. They've a settled full back now in Brendan Rogers. They've Chrissy McKeague there. They've a good solid midfield. They've Shane McGuigan up front. Um, and Glass just adds that bit extra. And I, nobody's given them a hope. It's in Derry. Armagh, look, they have this lovely momentum and everybody's now starting to talk about them. You even mentioned they could be, you know, in with a chance of getting to an Ulster final. I just have this weird feeling that there could be a shock this weekend. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think Derry are going to run Armagh very, very close. From the outset, Rory Gallagher has been targeting this game. And I, I think this is a dangerous, dangerous ga uh, game for Armagh, to be honest. 
Yeah, I spoke to Kieran Byrne. It's pro- well, it's probably the guts of six months ago now on on a podcast, and he spoke very highly of Connor Glass as well. And he said he's going to bring something to Derry for sure. Um, yeah, he's going to be out around. He's going to be out around the middle. But again, like McKenna, he can pretty much do everything. He is he is such an athlete. Like he he really is a massive massive player for Rory Gallagher to get back in. And as I said, it went under the radar in the last couple of weeks because of McKenna. Um, but this guy, watch out from the real deal. Mm. Michael Miles, there's going to be an upset, I'm sure, at some stage this weekend. It's not all going to be playing sailing. Could this be the upset, even as Paddy was saying there? Well, I know Rory because I live with him in college. If you could call it a house, we kind of had a, a dungeon. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I know he's meticulous in his planning. And, you know, there's rumours from from the lads of meeting on a Saturday morning, going five or six hours through team videos and breaking down where they went wrong, where they went right and all this. So it won't be from lack of planning. And, and as Paddy correctly says... You know, they have the talent there to trouble Armagh. It could be a great, great game. And uh, yeah, it could be closer than people think. Pa, you're not the head there as well. There's going to be, as I said, there could be an upset. You don't want it to be Limerick and Waterford. It could be Derry that'll be... Oh yeah, hopefully, it's, hopefully it. it's up north if there's upsets. Yeah, but uh, if, if there's teams that I'd like... like if, you're, if you're talking about paying to see teams play, like Armagh are certainly at the minute, from what I've seen over the last 12 months, they're a team that I would pay to see. Like They're, they're an enjoyable football team to watch. Like So... I know they probably, Paddy's probably right. They probably have to toughen up at the back. Like they did us common match one three times last week and the goals just kept on raining at the wrong times. But as a football team to watch, they really are outstanding. 100%. Uh, the second game in Ulster, we've got Monaghan and Cavan. Um, something that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks and Paddy, as an Ulster man, uh, you've probably noticed it too. Just how important Conor McManus is to Monaghan with his scoring. Look, we all hate cliches in GAA and gets labelled there's some cliche almost for every team but the big one I suppose the big adage always with Monaghan and God we know all about them did them five six times in the last seven eight years uh, while I was in commentary and there is that feeling that they are over reliant on McManus and if you can tie him up you go 70-80% of the way of beating Monaghan and this one I actually do believe in there's been guys threatening in the last couple of years guys in McCarthy and that but he does need more help he scored 1-8 again at the weekend he is an outstanding player. The problem was with Donegal on two occasions, 2013-2015 final, we didn't tie up McManus. Um, him and Neil McGee have had, anytime we've beaten Monaghan, we beat them in 2014 final, and McManus was tied up. He was tied up a couple of years later in Breffney Park. So he is absolutely crucial. They might, they might throw in Kieran News maybe for a bit of help. They have another guy around the middle, Andrew Woods, who might go in. But again, they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Other guys have to step up inside for McManus because, look, if you're playing a Mayo, you're playing a Dublin, or playing a Kerry, and for Monaghan to go to that next next level, you can't do it with one forward. You look at any team who's been extremely successful in the last couple of years, they usually have two fantastic forwards, and they need more help. McManus needs more help. As I said, one eight at the weekend, he's, he's like a fine wine. He is an outstanding player. This is another, this is going to be a tricky one. This is going to be a, a complex one. Cavan beat them last year and Fante himself said Monaghan felt embarrassed after that game. The couple of previous meetings, I think in 15-16, Monaghan were raging hot favourites. They just came out alive. Now I'm hearing Colin Walsh is out. I'm hearing Niall Cairns is out. Cairns missed last year's defeat as well. So, But Cavan... Cavan can't seem to keep everybody on the pitch. They had a number of players left last year. And Mickey Graham had them on a nice trajectory, if you want. But listen, 
again, if you're trying to dine at that top table, you have to have a settled squad. That's why Mayo, Johnny Gall, Tyrone, Dublin and Kerry, by and large, are usually operating at that level. They keep, they keep a settled squad. And that's going to be Mickey Graham's big concern. I was talking to a couple of Monaghan people in the last few days, just giving them texts, though. They're very concerned about this game. I fancy Monaghan to win, but... I, I think it's going to be just by a point or two. And Clonus will be a big factor as well. Monaghan low play in there and Cavan not so much there. So listen, it's another one to look forward to. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of lads maybe uh, getting the old black card in this one. It's it's some derby. They call it, the Cavan lads call it El Clasico. <laughs> and it's uh, and Cavan have a point to prove as well, lads. Mike, Michael and Pat, mm-hmm. you want to jump in there after, after a course losing to Roscommon. They're down in Division 3. They'll be meeting Limerick next year. They've got a serious point to prove this weekend against Monaghan. Yeah, um, having been in dressing rooms when you've been relegated, like it can go one or two ways, but generally what I found is if, if there's anything at all character-wise in the team, then the next match they play is, is they're going to be 100% at it. Like. So I know it's only a quick turnaround and, and the relegation was probably a shock the way it turned out because they were very unlucky to go down on six points. But like, if there's any bit of character in that group, like they're going to have a serious performance this weekend coming. And just on Paddy's thing about a settled squad, like I don't know what it's like, but every t- this is the first year with Limerick that there hasn't been a massive turnover in people. But it seems like with Kevin, now I could be completely wrong, but every two or three years there's like a new bunch of under twenty ones coming in, and the previous bunch haven't stuck around; they're gone. Like so, I don't know what it is up there because they're a serious football traditional county. But um, look, like I said, if there's anything at all in that group after being relegated at the weekend, then Monaghan are in for a serious battle on, at the weekend. Mm. And Michael, as Paddy said it there, he hit the nail on the head. You need more than one scoring forward. I'm looking behind you at the IT, the cross line and the, and the Mayo jerseys behind you there. You all have more than one fella to kick a ball over the bar in the team. Yeah, it's just important even for people looking at how to counteract you. Um, it, it's, it's, look, it's hard to see past Monaghan. I didn't watch the Cavan game against Roscommon because I was watching the Sligos and Leitrims on Diego, which is a, it's, it's great to have. But like, as Pat said, like, and you see it with Division 4 teams, and he, I know with Limerick in the time that they were there, the turnover is a killer because it's, it's hard to get any momentum. And you've lads leaving and lads that are not playing. If you don't win your first three games in Division 4 and in Division, things are going wrong. The lads on the peripheral of the team will kind of walk away and then you're trying to bring in new lads and stuff like that. So it's very hard to gain momentum. I can't really see past Monaghan, but, you know, Kevin, as Pat said, is a traditionalist county that, that always kind of seem to be able to get results out when, when they're not supposed to. Right, lads, so we'll go to the second last game we're going to look at, and it's probably, well, it is. It's the biggest game of the weekend, uh, Donegal and Tyrone. It's a game that everyone's looking forward to, uh, to see, you know, this time next week, as we were, we were only saying at a work here yesterday, this time next week, either Michael Murphy or Conor McKenna is going to have their feet up watching the championship and not playing in it, which is a great shame, but at the same time, it is what it is. Paddy, you were there two weeks ago in uh, uh, Ballybuffet, two weeks ago as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Bob Buffet two weeks ago and listen, I had Eamon McGee and Joe McMahon on the Ocean FM podcast this week and I just put, put put the same question to both of them. How much will two weeks, you know, much will it really matter come Sunday? And both of them says absolutely nothing. First of all, we know how big the kickouts are nowadays. Tyrone clearly had absolutely nothing. They didn't give away anything with their kickouts that day. It was just hit it down, fired out from from Niall Morgan. So I don't think we can read a huge amount into two, uh, two weeks ago. Again, heard from a couple of Gales. They're surprised. Donegal had a fairly strong team out that day and they feel that maybe Donegal have shown their hand. 
too much. Look, it's whatever way the narrative suits, I think, in GEA. One week, you know, we looked at Mayo a couple of weeks ago and they had that unbelievable victory over Galway and everybody's raving about them. They're doing this. And they're, they're, this they're the best team, you know, they're in the top two, three again. Then they lose and, you know, ah, it's it's curtains and that, which which is rubbish, really, because it's week on week. And we sometimes get too excited with some victories and we get too down about other victories. So, again, this Sunday is just going to be completely different. I was extremely impressed with Tyrone at the weekend. And I, I wouldn't call it an ambush as such if they came into Valley Buffet and came out with a victory. But I'd definitely be very, very concerned. I suppose the big question we're all wondering is, what way is Mickey Hart going to play? We hear people in the national media, the national broadsheets, and they say, why don't they play like they did against Mayo at the weekend? They pushed up high in Clark's kickouts. Uh, the foot passing was unbelievable. Like, we've all seen thrown club football in the last, uh, you know, after the resumption, and they have unbelievably talented players. So yet against Donegal, they can put 13, 14 behind the ball for large, large periods. So, I personally feel that Mickey Hart's caught between two stools. Which way is he going to go? Eamon McGee thinks it'll be somewhere in between. Um, Connor or Cahill McShane is an unquantifiable asset that they don't have. He is an unbelievable player for Tyrone. And, you know, there's question marks over Paddy McBrearty. Declan Boner said today that he's going to be fine. He hasn't featured in the last couple of weeks. The truth is there. We probably won't know until 1.30. So perhaps if he doesn't play ostensibly speaking, they will cancel each other out. But Conor McKenna is like a summer signing. You know, we had Mark O'Shea in the, on, on the podcast last week and he was just talking about some players come back and they find it very difficult to adapt, if you like, to the modern... When they come back from Australia, you look at the likes of Tommy Walsh. It took him quite a while. So, but McKenna just looks like he's been playing club football over... In, uh, he's been playing Gaelic football over in Australia for the last couple of years. I think this man in a year or two could be phenomenal. Yeah, I think he's phenomenal as it is. He's got a left. He's got a right. He's arrogant in a good way. And he's the real deal. Where's he going to play? Probably somewhere between the 21 and 45. But the matchups are going to be fascinating. And look, it's a huge game. Just finally on that. Joe McMahon used to call uh, Bally Buffet Galatasaray. He says he hated coming there. Um, the crowd were on top of you. A bit like Castle Bar. You know those brilliant GAA grounds. There's four or five of them in Ireland. And, but that's gone this week. That, that factor's gone. That cauldron, that coliseum-like thing. And um, It's just going to be one hell of a battle. I'm not sure what the lads think about it, but uh, I'm certainly very nervous anyway. Yeah, Michael, Conor McKenna, as, as Paddy said, is like a summer signing. He's a breath of fresh air into the game and to play against him, I'm sure it's going to be frightening for anyone coming up against him. Yeah, as Paddy was saying there, and I thought it'd take him a bit longer to kind of blend and gel in, but even even in the time of year that we're playing football, he just looks so natural on the ball. Um, he was just a joy to watch last Sunday. Well, not obviously from my open, he was, but he, he, um, he, he's just a gifted footballer and to think that he could get better is, is a bit frightening, to be honest. Um, so how good, like his kick pass and his finish and everything about him. Um, with Donegal, he, like I know Stephen Rochford is involved. He's an old club mate of my own like, and he's a, again a very intelligent man when it comes to football. To think that he would have had one eye on this championship game since coming back from, from lockdown is... Is, is a definite. Um, I don't think they want to show their hands too much. I know that the tug's very strong that day, but I, I'd say they have something up their sleeve. Um, it's going to be an intriguing battle and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to coach Ryan McHugh in the IT there 
how long ago was it? I have no concept of time. I think it was six or seven years ago. But he's a Rolls Royce footballer. Like he just is at the cusp of everything that's good about Donegal. And I just love watching him play football. I just think his his energy, his how he reads the game and how he gets involved in moves is, is excellent. And I think he's usually the difference between teams when it comes down to it. Mm. Uh, as a link, can, I, can I just I, ask I Michael a question? Just the Donegal lads seem to love Rochford and I've spoken to him a few times. He just looks like such a student of the game. And like, even to come in as a number two, he's obviously just obsessed with Gaelic football. And what I mean by that is managers, people like, some people like the coach, some people like the manager. And to come from such a massive county like Mayo, and obviously he was with Corrifin, but he must be just an absolute academic of the game because I just hear that the Donegal boys absolutely adore him, Michael. Yeah, well, I suppose it's the time he puts into it. But if you're looking, if he's travelling, he's living in Banrobe at the moment. Banrobe yeah. up to Donegal and to Convoy or wherever the, the train is a good two and a half, three hours. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a bit of time and you're obviously processing games. I was talking to Paul Dirk and Aero Wedding last year and he was saying that he used to collect him in Donegal Town. They used to travel up together and all they used to talk about was football. Like even 2012, I, I managed Cross Malina for a year or two and Stephen was coming out towards the end of his playing career. And, you know, even in meetings afterwards, I'd always meet the senior kind of players. He'd always have an idea coming for the team that we were playing. So he obviously eats, drinks and sleeps and he'd have to, you know, if he spends that much time at it. But I suppose for players, if they see that enthusiasm, they feed off it as well. And, and they feed off his love of the game and, and it comes across in his coaching, obviously. But it's, it's, I think it would be great for him. I know if personally, if you were coming into the coaching role, you're getting your hands dirty again. Management has kind of changed now where it's more... I suppose the itinerary of stuff that's going to happen and kind of the thought process there where he can plan of how the team wants to play and where they're playing and things like that. So I'd say he's yeah. loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you look at even like was we'll, we'll keep Rochford for a second. I watched it like we, the, I'm sure you did as well. Watched plenty of games of football or highlights of games or something over lockdown. The first lockdown we had and GA go brought out so many games as well. I watched this. This just shows how much of a head Rochford has and like his versatility not only as a coach but as a player as well Michael you might be able to uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this but was it the 0-3 final he played Balanaf cross the line as Stephen Rochford was cornerback he played corner forward against Balladrine in 6 that, that was the way he was and I can remember some of the last games he played like you know he <laughs> I suppose he had to change. Lee Moffat used to be full back and then he moved himself to full forward like because the game kept changing and these lads adapted to, because of that. But Stephen had this thing where he'd go and it might be five minutes or ten minutes to go in a tight game and he'd go to the sideline getting a drink of water talking. It could be our kick out and next thing he'll just burst down to the corner. His man has left him and he gets onto a ball. These were just academics of the game. Like We were very lucky to have the likes of like Kerr McDonald, James and Allen, Stephen Rochford, Damien Mulligan, all have gone on to management, but they're all thinkers of the game. Um, he, he was just that way. He was a great reader of the game as a cornerback. Like he wasn't blessed with pace and he won't be delighted for me saying that out loud, but he wasn't blessed with pace ever, but he was always a great reader of the game and that's why he was able to play cornerback. And as the years went on, he went to corner forward. He, again, a great reader just to come on and set up scores and stuff like that. So as Paddy correctly says, he's just an academic of the game. He just loves the game. He'd sit down and watch games all the time, just try and figure, figure problems out. Like So that's what kind of, I suppose, the Donegal players are feeding into at the moment. Just yeah. on that there, sorry, um, I, he, I'm an AIB and, and Stephen is a uh, bank manager in AIB, so like, I, don't, I really don't know how he gets the time to trade it or maybe I do. Um, but no, I've, the first year I was in the bank, um, we were playing the Army 
But like we, there's an, uh, an annual game against the army, and like obviously the army boys are just super fit, like they're just ridiculously fit. And I, I didn't know Stephen, and I saw Stephen lining up cornerback against this super fit guy, and I was like, "Geez, we're badly stuck today now with with Deflender." But like to Michael's point, like the reading of the game is just insane. Like he was really good. Now we we got we got beat. Like, but it's just it just gave me an idea. Okay, this flow understands. And I didn't know him at the time, and obviously chatting to him afterwards, you just get a feeling of this fella loves football and this fella knows football. And and it was just funny that they seen this, and as you said, this someone who wasn't blessed with pace, marking someone who is in the army, and he was beating him to the ball. Like so, it just gave me an idea where he was at. I think I saw it there. He might have tried it against the army, Pat. I'm not sure, but I saw it, Michael. It was that 03? It was either 01 or 03. The county final we watched. I think it was it was against Ballina. It might have been Knockmore. I'm not sure where it was, but. He started his run. Barry Heffernan put the ball down. It's Barry Heffernan that played in goals for you, wasn't it? Put the ball down on the tee. And Stephen Rochford makes his run from the number four spot across the 20-meter line. And he goes, and he takes the kick out, and he pings out to Paddy Gardner on the far side. Like, you know, you wouldn't even... I know you can't yeah, have well, that now, but... There were things because we had to kind of... And Barry was the best, one of the best goalkeepers in Ireland. If you if, if you ever get a chance to watch the 0-1 club final, he pulled off four of the best saves I, I've ever seen in my life in Crow Park. Like, but he wasn't blessed with a long kick out, so we kind of had to adapt that. And these were all things. And I know Tommy Jordan wouldn't mind me saying he was our manager at the time that the players came up with. That Stephen and Tom Allen, the likes of them, would have came up with to kind of counteract where our our weaknesses was. Like, so it was always thinking on the feet, and I suppose that's kind of holds a good stead from now when he's involved in management and, and I know he's enjoying it up in Donegal. I know he's loving it. So it's it's working for him. Yeah, and I want to talk just, to you about go on I want to talk to you yep. about cross line again, Michael. But um go on there, Paddy. The reason why the reason why you just uh, I mentioned that to Michael was just about Rochford is just Donegal from the restarts and I think a lot of uh, Rochford seems to be all over it. Donegal are very, very strong from the restarts and this and Sean Patton uh, a phenomenal player. I mean he, he is now in the top three, four players I think that Donegal have, and I just Donegal put so so much work into the kick out. And when Donegal beat Tyrone last year and Breffney Park by four or five points that day, they just murdered Tyrone on the kick out. So I'm just wondering, is Mickey Hart? He's going to have to put way way more focus into it. And look, the lads will know they've played at a much higher level than I have, but the restarts now seems to be something, and he done it for Mayo as well. If you even go back to them big Dublin Mayo games, and I spoke to Jim McGuinness about this before, Mayo actually Mayo actually came out on top most times in the middle third against Dublin. The problems came, and perhaps in other areas. And listen, I thought Mayo were very unlucky under Rochford. I've actually watched that the 17 final again over lockdown. Mayo blatantly had a penalty with about 15 minutes to go, but listen, it's the restarts. And Mayo had that dominance around the middle third because of the restarts, and they are going to be crucial this Sunday because if Michael Murphy comes out, him and Ryan McHugh, they dovetail very, very nicely. So the big thing is, what is Mickey Hart going to do to curtail that? And listen, I read Caro Kane's piece yesterday, and I totally agree. Mickey Hart has a big, big dilemma with Michael Murphy. And you get a lot of kind of lazy analysis out there with people saying, ah, just throw Murphy inside. Michael will know. Sometimes if you're playing inside, you're coming up against three, four defenders, and you're completely shot out. And it's just kind of the man down in the pub who says, ah, throw him inside, because Pat Spillane once upon a time said he has to be playing inside, so that's where he is. But Murphy now probably spends 50% of the time in the middle third, 50% inside, and that's going to be a big, big problem, I think, for Tyrone. Paddy, if you can take your Donegal hat off for a second, can you call it? Ah, 
I thought two weeks ago, just before we even met in the league game, I thought Donegal were going to win it by four or five points. Uh, I think I thought Tyrone had a, way too many question marks over them. I'm more and more concerned now. Um, I think Mike, I think Tyrone have struggled with Michael Murphy in the last couple of years. I think he's going to be a huge player for them. Who do they put on Brian McHugh? Probably going to be Connor Myler. He's another man who's been a thorn in their side. Cahill, if Cahill, oh, Cahill not going to be playing, if McBurdy's not playing, they cancel each other out. Uh, I think Donegal, if Jamie Brennan, another guy, can go up another level, I think Donegal can just nick it. But I'll tell you something, I'll, I don't know, I'll have to be brought to hospital if it goes to extra time because I'm very worried. And as the lads already alluded to, it's back to the old days of championship football on Sunday night. Uh, it's going to be a long, it's been a difficult winter for everybody and a difficult summer. It'll be an even longer winter if, if Donegal aren't playing championship football uh, on Sunday night because uh, I don't know what we're going to do. It's a, have to go into depression for a couple of weeks. I go for Donegal because I'm from Donegal and I just think we'll nick it. But I'd, I'd be more interested in what the two lads would have to say. They can look at it, this one objectively. Yeah, Paf, you want to go first there? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would just say that... Um, Trying to, I'd hate to be the two managements trying to prepare for the other team because I've, I don't think I've ever seen two teams that could go any sort of way. Like they could play defensive, they could go all out, they could do different things with kickouts. Like they're, and in a day of when so many management teams and players are trying to find out stuff about the other team and seem to find it fairly easily, like I'd say Donegal and Tyrone are the two that Jesus, you just, you just, how do you prepare for them? Like, just if you just go into the head, who do you think is going to win? I think Donegal. Just from and that's going on previous years, not so much in the last two weeks, because obviously there's nothing to go off there. Pure shadow boxing two weeks ago, but just from the Super Eight matches that I saw Donegal play maybe a year or two ago, and since they're just a little bit more settled. I think your McKenna is just an absolute brilliant player to lend into it, but it kind of tells you more about Tyrone set up that are they really sure what they're about? When, when he's the one now that's the shining light, as good and all as he is, and he's been fantastic. Whereas Donegal, to me, just are that, that little bit further down the road. So mm-hmm. I go for them slightly. Michael? Yeah, I'd have to agree with Pad there. Like, I just think they know each other so well. It's probably going to come down to something outside of their control. It could be a referee's decision or the weather or something like that. It's going to be that tight. My only thing with Tyrone is, like, and we had this a small bit last year um, where they've changed how they play and then they don't consistently stay with that. So how they played against Mayo last weekend is no reflection on what they're going to do against Donegal next weekend because they seem to do that a lot. So because it's also football, <clears throat> they could go very defensive. Again, I think it's going to be very tight. I do think Donegal are going to win it, but it may come down to something outside. The, you know, they, they prepare so well and try and cancel each out other can't see each other out so much it might come down to a referee's decision or the weather or something mad like that but it's going to be again another interesting battle and yeah I'll just go with Donegal to edge it Look as I said earlier on as well the, unfortunately like you know we're, hopefully we're going to have a good game Donegal and Tyrone but unfortunately there is going to be there's going to be a loser there's no back door you know we're going to have the rest of the championship without either as I said Michael Murphy or Conor McKenna this new star that's come in Finally, we'll go to Connacht, to Mayo Leitrim. Probably, like everyone, everyone I'm sure will say that this is the game. This is the, this, the game that they're sure what the result is going to be. The bookies have it a 13-point handicap for Mayo, I think. As uh, you're shaking your head there, Michael, you've, you know the Leitrim lads inside out by now as well. 
Well, I just think 13, I look at, I know, I know it's going to be fairly one-sided, but I do think uh, that the Leitrim lads will be relishing this challenge. I know every time year I was involved, we played Roscommon. There's a mental block in Leitrim about Roscommon. And no matter how well we prepared or how different we try to do things, like the second year, I think we try to finish with a stronger team and try to nullify them for the first 20 minutes. And like talking to Carl and a few of the Roscommon lads afterwards, the kick scores that they never kick. So it just seems to happen and fall that way for, for Roscommon. But they never seem to have the same difficulties with Mayo now. Mayo will comfortably win, but I think they will ask a few questions. And I think Leitrim now have a forward line, although Ryan is probably missing. I think they have a forward line that will, Ryan O'Rourke will be a massive player for them. Like it'd be like Mayo missing Aidan O'Shea. I, I do think they have forwards that can kick with both feet, which they haven't had in a very long time that five or six forwards can kick with both feet but I think 13 points is a bit it may end up like that like if Mayo can do that to Galway obviously Mayo have the potential to do it but 13 points is yeah mm. I, I don't know I, I'm coming with my kind of Leitrim side of where I've seen where they've come from and I, I do think um, they will cause Mayo problems for 20 or 30 or maybe even 40 minutes but I, I can see Mayo pulling away it depends what team Mayo put out obviously but I think Leitrim will be relishing the battle yeah, and just to stick with you for a second as well, Michael, I went up, like I, I didn't know a whole pile about Leitrim club football. I knew the teams, I didn't know a whole pile about the Leitrim players at all. I went up uh, with Benny Guckian, man you know well as well. Uh, we went up and we did commentary on the Leitrim County final. And I started, I watched this Keith Byrne playing centre forward for Mohill and he is going to cause problems for me, I think, this weekend. Well, Keith was a uh, top scorer in Division 4, three years ago, top scorer in Division 4 uh, two years ago, and he was second top scorer in Division 3 this year. Like, you know what I mean? So again, he's one of these players, with two, you know, he's playing centre forward, he played less centre forward the last day. Don't know how well that suits him. Maybe with Ryan O'Rourke on, he might go inside. You have Dara Rooney there with two feet as well. Um, I was involved with the under-20s last year, some very, very good talents coming through with pace. Um, the only thing about it is they would have never dealt with the kind of counter-attacking football that Mayo play. Like when you have Oshin Mullen coming from the full-back line. And I always mm. remember <clears throat> the last time that Leitrim played Mayo, um, Ray Cox would have been involved in a duff, the club that I was with in Leitrim before he joined the county team. And he was marking Keith Higgins. Like, and he said, the first ball that came into Keith Higgins, and I would have played with Keith in college. Like he said, he just took off. And he says, he ran after him for 80 or 90 metres. Like the next thing, Keith popped the ball over the bar punched it over the bar and he just on the way back he just pleaded with them not to go forward again and just leave it like and it was a very one-sided game but it was just I just expect the same on Sunday with that kind of Oshin Mullen going and the full back line going and you know the likes of the Leitrim forwards are very good but they're not used to chasing back and if they have a system to kind of counteract that it might help them but I just think the pace that we all have coming from the back line is going to scotch mm. Leitrim more together like. Just quickly Pa as a, as a wing back you're looking over at your centre half back there, you know this week, uh, and even even look at even last week for me, coming up against Conor McKenna at centre forward, Keith Byrne this weekend at centre forward. Do you think Kevin McLaughlin is the right man there at centre back? Yeah, it was kind of an experiment they tried at the weekend. I'm not sure how well it worked. Um, it was worth trying it. Look, I suppose McLaughlin's a very intelligent footballer, but it's suppose it, it comes down to who's playing centre forward as well for the other team. Like I, you play centre back for your club as well, and. Are you marking a centre forward who drops? Are you marking a centre forward who holds and is going to be driving at you the whole time? Like that'll probably dictate more to the male management about who's going to be picking. Now, again, to to Michael's point, are they going to be worrying too much about what Leitrim do and more about what they're going to do? But like generally, you want your centre back to be that person who meets whatever comes down the middle or a little bit of protection to your full back line. 
if that's the case and Keith is, is, is drifting around the place and getting on ball, do you put someone on him? I don't know. Do you get one of the midfielders to drop in and just block it up? I, I hope for Leitrim's sake that it is a worry for Mayo because it means they're getting plenty of ball off kickouts and like we're talking about kickouts and, and keeping with them. And to, to Michael's point again, I, I saw Limerick playing Mayo two years ago in the, in the championship and for 40 minutes, again, it was a game and uh, Limerick relished playing it because they hadn't played him too often but the final score was not pretty and that's the only thing you'd worry about like it's it's grand sticking with a team like Mayo for that long but they've so much legs and they've so much power coming from all over the field like any one of their players could score like I see one is Pay Durkins is he lined out or Keegan's in the full back line now and Durkins could be anywhere and, and that's just their backs not to mention their forwards so like it's funny that you should say it, Michael, about the, the, the hang-ups. Like, I didn't realise that about Leitrim and, and not having a hang-up of Mayo. Like, in, in Limerick, you, you'd have a bit of a hang-up about Kerry, obviously. But then when you play Cork, like, they're in the same... As much as good as Cork teams have been over the years, there just isn't the same. And when Limerick teams play Cork, it's a much closer, closer affair. And, and if that's the case in Leitrim with Mayo, like, then they'll be relishing the match this weekend. Obviously, you're expecting Mayo to come out on top. But if you're in the Leitrim dressing room and have no hang-ups, why not go for it? Well, it's it's a kind of shot in the dark for them. Like, um, like the midfield battle. What I would think, like you might have seen Donald Rin playing. Like Donald Rin is a big, big, strong lad. He played for DCU. He won a Sigerson with DCU. Like to move him back to full back to Aidan O'Shea. Do Mayo continue to play Aidan O'Shea in the full forward line? If, if we're being honest about it, Mayo are looking past the Leitrim game. Are they preparing for Roscommon, or are they just blooding players like Chris Barrett hasn't played a lot of football? Are they trying to get minutes into him? Killian hasn't played an awful lot of football this year. Are they giving him a full game to get minutes into him? Or are they protecting players? Or it it depends on what kind of way the Mayo management kind of look at it. Because, like as Pa was saying, like um, like. Lee Keegan, does he play in the full back line now? Is that where they're looking at him? Does he play him at centre black? Play Kevin McLaughlin there? They've so many versatile players. It's just to get a system that works for them now and continue with that for the for the championship. They've obviously gone down to Division Two, which is not ideal. Um, you can say they've been competitive, and you talked about Dublin and under Stephen and all that. They still haven't beaten Lim- or Dublin since 2012. So being in the top three or four is no good for me. It's 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 either win a championship or not. Like you know, getting these pats on the back for coming to a within a point to Dublin, is it's still Dublin lifting Sam. At the end of the day, if they're planning an assault in championship, this might be their best year to do it. Well, Can I just is. ask Mike, yeah. do you mind if I ask Michael a quick one? How concerned are you that Mayo went down to Division 2? Because, I, look, Horn said after the game, uh, it's all about the championship. Now, I actually believe him. I actually believe him. And I don't think it's done Donegal much harm. They've been a bit yo-yo in the last couple of years. You know, they're Division 2. McGuinness got them to an All-Ireland final 2014. They went down last year. And it was actually, Division 2 was actually a good enough breeding ground for the younger players. And listen, I know there's less revenue coming in, less gates, if there is a non-COVID world or such a thing. But conversely, Mayo were relegated, but I think they're going into the championship in a better place than Galway. Michael, so how concerned would you be your Mayo supporters of going to Division 2? I don't think so. I think winning the league last year was a big monkey off the back. We we mm. didn't. We I was involved in 2001 when we won it, and it was it was 20 years. It was 19 years. It was too long. And for the likes of Andy Moore and an MTK national title was good. It's done. Up. The the management seem to be doing this year. They seem to be blooding in new players. Like you have five or six new players that have got league time in the last two or three games, which to me would be more important than league one status. Like it was 23 years or whatever. It doesn't really matter. As you say, Division Two is very very um, competitive. And like you were able to blood young players there. And as long as it's the championship approach now, like the, the league was won last year, 
it's done it, it's time to kind of concentrate on championship and like it's it's winning a championship it's not going a point or the hard luck stories or you know what was us again it's it's about winning the championship and whatever it takes to do that even if it takes three years is and start now that's what needs to be done and i can see that's what james Owen looks like he's planning to do hmm. over the last over the last probably 10 years nearly uh, michael you have, you have your experience uh, as a coach and as a manager you know, people, it's hard to know, as you said, are Mayo going to put out, not a, not a dud team, but put out a team that will give the likes of, you know, Mark Moran another game, uh, even Paul Towie, lads like that, give them more game time. Or are they going to go and blow Leitrim out of the water in the weekend? Because we've all, we all remember the Connacht final of a few years ago. Mayo went to the Hyde and Beth Sligo. I think Aidan O'Shea scored 3-4, 3-5. And put him in at full forward and he was brilliant that day in fairness but it's just completely you know they just turn around they, the deck of cards here and they turned them around and showed them to Dublin you know they showed them their hands straight away do you think will, will the managers from a managerial perspective would you be looking at that and saying you know maybe we should just hold back a small bit for the Leitrim game or will we just you know what we'll just go for it yeah, it's kind of different this year when it's old school championship again I, the, the likes for the likes of Mark Moore and those lads uh, I always found with and Pam might agree or disagree with me the more game time you got the better you felt like if you were getting in for a game and after 40 minutes especially as a wing forward or wing back you're kind of looking over and waiting for the shepherd's hook to, to get you off you know there's no momentum in playing like that there's no confidence you don't feel part of the team you don't feel uh, as a unit and you're kind of always looking to see that you're going to be taken off for those lads it's very important that they get two or three games to blood into championship and that might bode well for me all down the line um, but I just think with it knockout this year momentum is a massive thing and obviously I do feel that they'll get over the line fairly comfortably against Leitrim but how how they go get I do think Killian needs to play I think he needs minutes in his legs um, Aidan O'Shea on top of the square like if Roscommon are going to plan for it they're going to plan for it anyway I don't see what major issues it's going to have but I would try and make a blend of the younger players coming through with the older players that need time like Chris Barrett I think is massive for Mayo whether he plays centre back or in the cornerback or where he plays for him to get game time would be a big thing for Mayo this weekend and the following week as well look at we're, we're banking on Mayo beating Leitrim uh, Sligo play Galway Mayo play Roscommon then you know regardless of whether Mayo put out uh, a second team against Leitrim or not they're going to have if they want to get to a Connacht final if they want to get to an all in semi-final, they're going to have to beat Roscommon and Galway. Um, who do you see winning Connacht this year? And this is open to everyone as well. I'll let Paddy go first. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of Mayo, uh, to be honest, in the last couple of years. And listen, they beat us in 13, 15, they beat us last year. This, and listen, I know they've, they've dished out plenty of hammerings down the years, but I remember even putting it to Declan Boner before the big game in Castle Bar last year. They have this habit of stuttering along and almost matching exactly like the team they're playing, whether that's a Division 2 team or a Division 3 team, and they can stutter along. Then they're taking on one of the big boys. And one thing about them, they just always get their matchups right. And listen, and those, I know they didn't beat Dublin since 2012 semi-final, but even those two finals against Dublin, you know, more recent ones, um, 16 and 17 was it. They just have this ability, and it's down to versatility. They can get their matchups absolutely perfect. Paddy Durkin is a phenomenal player. We know all about him last year. He was outstanding in Castlebar that day. One of the great individual uh, displays. And I, I remember going into that game so, so worried. Mayo are top, top drawer. I fancy Mayo to win Connacht. I think they'll go very, very close to an All-Ireland under James Horn. 
Uh, I like what they're about. I mentioned versatility. They just have it. And they have a guy now, Conroy inside, who could be that just extra guy that's going to happen, that's going to be, that's going to help Kelly and O'Connor. Listen, we can talk, not to digress, talk about the great Peter Canavan, who for me was the best inside forward I've ever seen. He didn't win the All-Ireland. He almost single-handedly won at 95, but he didn't win. He did, they didn't get over the line until the likes of Muggsy came along. Later on, Stephen O'Neill and that. And Conroy could be a massive, massive player. I wouldn't be too critical about Mark Moore and these guys. You know, They're still very young, and it takes a long time now in inter-county football. I think Mayo's going to win Connacht. I think they're and not a bad a place, as many people say, despite the disappointment. I think in Horn, they have a phenomenal manager. And I think they're going to beat Roscommon and Galway. And uh, I, I expect them to go on to the semi-final to play Kerry. Um, yeah, I keep it Mayo. I think Roscommon are the ones that have their house in order the most. But Mayo have the X factor. And, to the, and unfortunately for Galway, they just seem to be picking up injuries at the wrong time, like with Damien Comer and the like missing. So I think Mayo. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Pad there. I just think, you know, you never write off Galway, but I just think this year, just the way it's, it's come out of lockdown hasn't suited them. I think Roscommon are in the best vein of form, but I think it's it's Mio for Connick for me. And just again, there's other players like there, like Mark Moran and Darren McHale and all them. And as you say, he's just building a panel. Um, I do think they have got, like if you had Paddy Durkin and Lee Keegan on your two wing backs, it's, it's where he puts the players is going to make the difference here and, and getting his matchups right. But um, yeah, Mio for me. Definitely going to be an interest of Connacht Championship. Paddy, my old Donny Golf final, Ryan. Take that's what you're going for. I'd take that. <laughs> We're going for that. So I'll do that myself. Paddy, Pa, and Michael, thank you very much for joining me in the preview. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Thanks very much. We'll talk See you, lads. Chatty. Thanks. Bye bye. Brilliant, Emily, and best of luck with it. While I have you on, I have to ask you. Leitrim against Mayo this weekend, last weekend, Leitrim getting uh, getting relegated, of course, from Division 3. You've been in this situation, Manny's the time yourself, going up against a team like Mayo. How, how, do, how do the Leitrim players prepare, from your perspective, how would you prepare for this weekend going into against a team that's two divisions ahead of you? Ah, yeah, listen, it's very tough for Leitrim Rams going into this weekend, in fairness. Um, obviously, getting relegated would be disappointing. I think that would have been the goal. Um, obviously, preparation wasn't ideal for that game, you know, having missed the game previous against Down, but... It's very hard, you know, a six, seven day turnaround to go in against a team that's in form, even though Mayo did get relegated, they're still in form, you know, they they'd have convinced the win over Galway and then obviously a close battle with Throne, who'd be again one of the contenders for all Ireland. So listen, they, they just have to dust themselves off. I suppose you're going in with hope rather than realis- realism, like, you know, and I suppose the boys are probably just going to go out there to perform to the best ability. You know, there's no pressure in terms of crowds. You know, normally we play Mayo, you just maybe ten, fifteen thousand people there and it can be a long sort of a game there sitting there if you are you know, if you are being heavily bet. But the lag is absolutely nothing to lose and I suppose tackling the weather whether they go out and try and contain Mayo for such such a length of period, uh, I'm not sure. But listen, it's great for younger lads to get themselves out there and put themselves up against the likes of Aiden O'Shea and Lee Keegan and that. But um the result, um I suppose it's not the important part for Leitrim's development. I think getting the performance to be huge and if they could take a couple of positives out of it for going into next year, obviously again in division four, which is disappointing again. But Listen, no more than any county team at the minute. There's a lot of young lads there. That Division Four, no more than Sligo. You know, it's a starting, it's a starting off point for them, and um, it's just hopefully they can get out of it. But yeah, listen, it's a huge task. Um, I think let's be realistic about it. Um, I, I, the ambitions of winning are very slim, but at the end of the day, you have to go into some bit of fighting chance, and hopefully they can put in a performance, um, not focusing totally on the result. As you said there, the performance. Um, I was at the Leitrim County Final myself. Keith Burnett centre forward from O'Hill. I thought it was absolutely outstanding. And we saw last week, Mayo maybe struggled with Conor McKenna at centre forward for Tyrone. Now I know Conor McKenna is probably one of the best players in the country on form at the moment, but 
the spot there at centre forward that Mayo maybe uh, maybe in the half back line of Mayo they're struggling with the centre forward there a, a big game out of Keith Byrne might put Mayo under pressure a small bit do you reckon? Yeah big time and I think even there I think at the weekend was Kevin McLaughlin started there so it would be a position they would exploit and I suppose so Keith, Keith's around a good few years now and I suppose listen, there's no question about it in club football he's you know listen he's scoring massive scores and I suppose for now for Keith this is this is the stage Keith wants to be on you know and I suppose for himself it's where he wants to shine and you know, there'll be a pressure, a bit of pressure on him because I suppose Lincoln people are expecting, like himself, Ryan O'Rourke, Darrooney, these lads to step up to the plate. And now, obviously, there's a massive gap between Leitrim Club football and going up against the likes of a condition team like Mayo. But um, I suppose for the likes of them individually, they'll be hoping that they can test themselves against the best. And I suppose that's the kind of the way they have to go out individually, thinking that they will have to get to the win their individual battles. And if they can do that, you know, it'll, it'll come together as a team performance. But for the likes of himself, definitely, I'd say he's probably looking forward to it. Because as you said, at the minute, Mayo probably isn't that the strongest at number six. So, yeah, definitely a massive opportunity for Lexi Keith himself. Emlyn, thanks a million and the best of luck with uh, the the challenge for, for the month of November as well. Brian, thanks a million for having me on and appreciate John, your support. thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. You're very welcome, Ryan. No problem. Uh, the football is back, John. The Inter-County Championship is back and two clubs quite close to you as well that, that you've won Connacht Champions with, Championships with. Mayo and Leitrim in action against each other this weekend. There's not many people giving Leitrim a chance, John, but, you know, as I say, every cl- every cloud is a silver lining and there will be problems that Leitrim will try and cause Mayo this weekend. Well, they will. They have the game at home as well, I suppose. Uh, they'll be looking to kind of, you know, Carrick and Shannon uh, uh, has always been a, a fortress, if you like, in the past. And I'm sure Leitrim are hoping that that will be uh, the way on Sunday as well. However, you'd have to say that uh, Leitrim, you know, they just played one league game since they, they conceded the match against Down, R- ran up, uh, put up a good performance against uh, Tipperary, but you'd have to imagine that the cla- you know, the gap in class that they are, are obviously just after relegated to Division Division Two in the in the league, uh, but you'd imagine that they'd have uh, too much experience on the day. But certainly, there's some fine footballers in Leitrim. I mean, they're they're um, you, you, especially in the forward line, you have a, you know Gavin Dolan, you have uh, Ryan O'Rourke, and uh, you know there's a lot of quality quality players there. But I, I'm not sure what what stage they're at as regards in their, you know, this is a unique championship. Like it's in heavy, wet, heavy conditions. The weather between now and Sunday is promised, uh, it, it, you know, a lot of rain. So the conditions will be very heavy. So that obviously will will favour, if you like, the more physical. Uh, type of player, and I, I probably Mayo would 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 have, you know, the, maybe the stronger type player on, on that. It wouldn't suit some of the the lighter forwards, maybe that Leitrim might have. And as you said, you know, going up to Carrigan Shannon, it is a fortress, but at the same time, you know, any Mayo game you go to, John, you could be ten kilometers outside of Castlebar, you'll hear the Mayo chant in McHale Park. You know, they 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 thrive on the crowd there. That's going to be a factor in the weekend as well. It is. I mean, it's it's unique in many ways. This championship, it's in winter time. It's no crowds there. Uh, all of that, you know. So it is. I mean, the the atmosphere. Uh, or the sixteenth man, as it were, won't be won't be there. Uh, so you know, it it'll be interesting to see see how it uh, develops. But the other thing is that you know most teams uh, will have to no matter. They all will be probably rolling hot favourites going into this match, but they'll have to be careful because, you know, if, if Leitrim get off to a good, a good, uh, good start, um, you know, there's no, there's no 
there's everything is on the line here. I mean, there was the safety net in, in you know in the last whatever twenty years of the of the qualifiers. That's all gone now. So uh, you know that there will be some upsets along the way. But I don't think I don't think no matter how much you stretch the imagination, I don't think that there'll be an upset in this game. I'd expect I'd expect Mayo to win by you know five or six points at least. Uh, uh, but I could see Leitrim living with them for. Uh, you know, for a good period of the game, and for for Leitrim, what would be very important for them is to get off to a good start in the game. In other words, that that Mayo don't start bossing this game uh, from the beginning, because in the last number of years in the, the Connacht Championship, Leitrim, it was was common they played on a number of occasions, and you know, it was common in the first ten or fifteen minutes had had a big score up, and basically it was playing catch up after that. Leitrim will have to. Uh, Guard against that uh, the next day, uh, but you know they have they have if you like some some quite experienced players like Paddy Maguire, uh, Donald Ring, um, you know Shane Morden if he's he wasn't playing last Sunday I'm not sure whether he'd be there or not, uh, and you know Dara Rooney and Gavin Dolan up in the in the forward line. So look at it, there's there's a fair bit of talent there in Leitrim, but I think that may overall have too much experience for them. And in this situation, I'm sure John you've been in it as a manager as well with, with, with plenty of different teams that you go into a game and you're playing against a lesser opposition, in this in this case a team that are two divisions below you. We saw it only a couple of years ago, well more sorry, more than a couple of years ago, it was Mayo and Sligo in a Connacht final. Mayo went out, Aidan O'Shea scored I think three four three four or three five on the day. They they kind of showed their hand against against the bigger teams, the Dublins and the Kerrys that year. They showed what they were going to do, putting Aidan O'Shea on the edge of the square. But Mayo have a point to prove this weekend as well. So uh, from a manager's point of view, would you go out with maybe not a second string team but give them more players an opportunity or would you be going all out to, to blow Leitrim out of the water? Well, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think um, James Horden has indicated that, you know, I think he, he, it was mentioned to him after the Galway game, for instance, that, you know, that it was a great win in that game and that he had a lot of regulars to come back. Well, he said it's, I, I, he was quoted as saying that, you know, who's the regulars now? I, I was interested to know that he, against her own that he didn't actually give you know, the likes of Keith Higgins or Colin Boyle or some of these players around if he was going to play them this week. So maybe perhaps he's going to go with the younger the younger outfit, which, um, you know, there's no doubt there's some very talented players there, but there won't be young McLaughlin from Westport, Moran from Westport. Um, Tommy Conroy is a real, um, uh, you know, very, very exciting forward that has just come on the scene from the Neil Club. Uh, so... I mean, they're they're coming off having been beaten by Tyrone, so I'd imagine that that will focus their minds very much to to get off to a winning start here. Uh, and this will be that's the way they'll see it. I mean, they won't be looking past Sunday, but the other hand, you know, they they want they have a you know a tough run to to kind of final if they get to it. So they want to get over this with the least amount of fuss. But you know, Leitrim, I, I think for the good of football, it would be good if Leitrim would really put it up to them you know mm, and even for a certain certain amount of the game at least I spoke to as I said I spoke to Michael Moyles Pa Ranahan and Paddy McGill earlier they all called the Connacht Championship they all said Mayo were going to win the Connacht Championship this year would you be of the same mindset yourself well I no I, I to be honest I, I think from where I'm sitting at, at the minute I, I, I would like 
Mayo are a team in transition at the minute. Um, and, you know, I think that that's going to, now that they have been relegated to Division 2, I think that's going to speed up a little bit. I, I, I think that they're, you know, they're in there with a shout. But I'll tell you, if they get over Sunday, first of all, and if they, you know, they'll have it all done if they beat Roscommon. I think Roscommon, of the of the of the big three, if you like, Roscommon, Galway, Mayo, uh, have the more mature, better developed team. All of their players are in their, you know, their mid twenties. They've been round the block for a few years. Anthony Cunningham has all his squad together. The Marchers are back. Uh, the, the dailies, the 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 um, you know Crompton back in the middle of the field. They have a full squad to pick from. If I was to nail it at the minute, I think Roscommon should be favourites based on what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I, you know they have they'll have they have Mayo at home, so I think that if they if Mayo come out of Hyde Park with a win, it'll be a, it'll be a job well done. But I see that very much as a fifty-fifty game, and I, I see Roscommon probably uh, have the more settled team at the minute. Uh, I mean, they went up to Cavan with kind of a lot of changes from the previous week against Armagh, and, mm. and uh, were able to get through there. So I, I'd be putting them nearly ahead of the pack at, at, at this stage, as I would see it from here. You know. And what about Galway, John? That's four predictions I've got in the last hour or so. Like, like Galway, you know. A, cl- a county that you won four kind of championships with as well. I know. Look at the, the, against Mayo, they were very poor against Mayo, um, and maybe put it up against Dublin. Is it injuries that's affecting Galway? Do you think this year? Well, I think that yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. I think they're you know you have a new manager in there, Barry Joyce. They had some fantastic form before the lockdown. Uh, but they've they've come poorly enough out of the lockdown, and they have injuries. I mean, Damien Comer now looks like that he's going to miss the whole of the, if not the whole of the championship, certainly the whole of the Connacht championship. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a huge, a huge um, loss to them. Uh, and they don't have a settled team. I mean, I, I've seen, um, you know, I think they had eight changes from the Mayo game to, to last Sunday against Dublin. So they're not a settled, uh, settled squad. Uh, so they do need to. Now, having said that, they're playing Sligo in a semi-final, and you, you know, you'd have to favour them to win that game. So really, what Galway would be, should be looking at this is that, you know, I mean, Paul Joyce quietly looking at it. Obviously, again, they can't take Sligo for granted, but mm-hmm. if, if uh, you know, they have to, they really have to peak for just one game in Connacht. If, if that were the case. If they did overcome Sligo, uh, and uh, that, you know, that I, 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 they're very much, you know, they're in the mix. And like as I said, it's very hard to divide out. Uh, but I don't think there'll be a kind of team this year winning in All Ireland or anything like that. That's that would be my feeling on it. Uh, with the with the as as I said, there's nine games this weekend. Uh, as we said before we went on air, there's nine games this weekend and one of them being in Connacht. You look at the eyes of the country are going to be on Mayo regardless of who they're playing. But the game that I think everyone's going to be looking at this weekend is Donegal and Tyrone. Um, a game that f- some people think will decide Ulster and maybe right in saying so. Are you looking forward to the game yourself? Yeah, I mean, look, at that's a that's a real prospect uh, of a game. It's in Ballybofay. Uh, you know, you have... Here you have two teams um, that would favour themselves. If you had a qualifier system this year, this this time, this year, you'd, you'd fancy both of those to be in the last eight. 
uh, and and all of a sudden one of them is going to be out of the championship on on, on Sunday evening. Uh, so there's going to be you know we saw Donegal's firm intent when they send a kind of more or less a second string team or you know a lot of changes down to play Kerry at the weekend. So they're yeah. they have their eye on, on the ball. They have some very talented young players. Uh, together with the experience of the Michael Murphys and, and uh, a number of those uh, players, like certainly they, and Paddy McBrearty, I think is back for Sunday as well. Now Tyrone, uh, like Tyrone, really um, show they're physically strong. They they have Conor McKenna returning from the Australian rules is a huge boost to them, uh, and I'm sure Mickey Hart will be bemoaning the fact that he hasn't. Um, Oh, the 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 full forward who who's out with a cruciate uh, ligament. What what is his name? Carl McShane. Uh, McShane, yeah. Mm. I mean, he's a uh, he's a huge loss to them. But young Derek Hanavan as well. Like so, they really have a very exciting forward line. Uh, uh, you know, uh, showed with the the score that they raked up on on uh, three fourteen against Mayo at the at the weekend. Uh, so they're going to be, you know. So this this is very very much a fifty fifty game. Don't don't be surprised if there's extra time and and mm. uh, they all have to be decided on the day. So it could, could come down to penalties. But certainly, it, whoever finds themselves out of the championship will be will be quite unlucky because certainly the they, those either of those teams would be favourites to take the uh, would would be favourites to take the Ulster title. Without a doubt, and and from what we've seen in RTE this year, the Tyrone boys know about taking penalties. They've they've had quite a few of their championship games decided by penalties. Would you be able to call the game yourself, um, John? Well, I I just I I think probably perhaps Donegal might have the you know um, you know they have the maybe the overall balance as, as a team. They probably have more strength and depth, and Michael Murphy certainly is a brilliant leader on the field. Uh, and and perhaps they might edge it from that point of view. I don't think the Tyrone defence is as rock solid as as um, as it was in the past uh, when you had the Conor Gormleys and the McMahons and those lads and Ryan McMenamin. So I I I just you know I I think there it'd be interesting because you have two exceptionally good forward lines and and you know probably. Defenses that aren't quite as good, so you know I expect uh, I'd expect an exciting game, a high-scoring game, but perhaps Donegal might shade it. I'm going to ask you now, John, the four provincial winners. So you've already said Roscommon. I think we know who's going to win Leinster as well. You've already said Roscommon for Connacht, Ulster, and Munster. Yeah, Dublin, um, uh, Dublin, obviously, and, and Leinster. Munster, I'd see Kerry. I think. I mean, I, I, I can see overall. I can see Kerry being the team that's in the biggest best position now they they won't get it easy against Cork but they will beat Cork uh, and uh, you know they're they're playing tremendous football at the minute and ju- just watching them okay Donegal might have had a weekend team out or whatever but you know the telepathy that's there in that forward line at the minute and there's you know forwards seems to be growing on trees down there you have you, have, you know the Sean O'Shea and the Clifford but now you have Tony Brosnan as well yeah. Then you have, you know, Moynihan and, and Gavin White and these fellas. There seem to be have they while you know the worries that Kerry would have themselves that their defence wasn't probably as 
as, as tight or as uh, as they would have liked. But you know the play system there, uh, w- which covers up for any inadequacies. And I think that they're they're red hot favourites, not just to win Munster, but to challenge for the ultimate the ultimate prize this year. Um, uh, in Munster, in Ulster, I mean, look at the winner of this game, and I've I've gone for Donegal. Uh, I I I think that they will, will you know will have a tremendous chance with it. Like there are other teams there that uh, like Monaghan were very hard to beat, but will find it hard at the same time to 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 uh, to win. I I I think they'll be good enough for Cavan uh, at the weekend, uh, and. Uh, Armagh are an interesting team in the sense that they're playing Derry at the weekend. If they get over that, uh, I think then they may have the winners of Tyrone and Donegal. I'm not sure of that, but uh, certainly they're they're a team that has improved in recent in recent times, uh, and they'll challenge. But ultimately, you'd have to favour the winner of the Donegal Tyrone game, and that probably for me would be Donegal. And the ultimate prize, as you spoke of there, would you be thinking Kerry? For the, for the ultimate prize? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, I, I just think that uh, Dublin, um, you know, they've, uh, there's no question about it. If they could win, if they can win this knockout championship in the next few weeks, there certainly there'll be no arguments about who's the best team in the history of the GA then. Uh, but I, I just wonder if, uh, you know, there, there is a fair bit of mileage on the clock with some of these fellas. Keno Sullivan, for instance, who has been tremendous kind of organiser in the defence, um, you know, uh, Philly McMahon, they're all kind of, uh, you know, their careers probably a little bit in decline. OK, they have a huge assembly line coming through. Jack McCaffrey isn't there this year, uh, and he's he's a, a huge loss to them. So I, I just think that the benefit of Kerry, you know, going down narrowly in the finals to them last year, I just feel that possibly... Uh, a new management coming in in Dublin as well, and it takes a, a little time to to settle in. Uh, and you know, with the, with this knockout championship, they they, pro- they won't get any test in 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 Leinster. Uh, so I I just feel that they might be caught this year. And if the teams that should do that, it'd be Kerry. So that's been my ultimate my ultimate uh, tip for to 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 go on to win the All Ireland in in two two twenty. And and just finally, John, you know, I, I know, look, at the league was fragmented this year. There's no back door. But if there was to be a team that you can see coming through that's going to be a bit of a surprise package this year that might do well in their own province, might get to a, a provincial final, who could you see that being? Right, well, I mean, look at, you have, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a chance, obviously, because Cork and Kerry are meeting in a semi-final, I think, in Munster. There's a chance for some of the other teams there, the Clare, you know, Tipperary's, uh, to come to come through there uh, on the other side. I mean, um, Paul, uh, Colin Collins, is it? The Clare manager. He's mm. done a tremendous job with the with the Clare team. Uh, you know, and they'd see their chance of getting through to a, a provincial final, as obviously Tipperary will, will as well. But I, I think Clare are a bit more further advanced on them. Uh, so they could be a team that could show up. I mean, look, at you also have need. I mean, they were very unlucky, I think, to, you know, only to register one point in the in the in Division 1. You know, they lost a number of games by a point or two. Uh, I think that, you know, Andy McEntee is, is having them... Uh, 
you know, he, he's not... Me, they aren't happy campers, if you like, that they're so far behind the dubs at this stage. There was always a big rivalry there. And, you know, whether they'll themselves or Kildare, you know, would be the two that should be challenging or getting a bit closer uh, to uh, to Dublin. So maybe there might be a, a couple of teams that, you know, might might have a run in the, in the championship. Because certainly there's... there's um, the, the, the standard overall of the Leinster Championship is is quite uh, quite uh, poor uh, in in that sense. So there might be a couple of teams that might might uh, get through to 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 provincial finals. I would would see themselves as the, as their as their ultimate, if you like, goal for the year twenty twenty. Mm. It's going to be an exciting championship for, for sure, John O'Mahony. John, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. You're very welcome. No problem, Ryan. Thank you very much.